Sports, Politics, Life, 360 Document Solutions presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues online at 360documentsolutions.com. People reach out all the time and tell me stories about their, generally speaking, their kids that are in the military and things that are going on in the military. And most of them are things that you've seen about or related to things that you've seen about in the news about the military becoming more progressive, more woke. I think in a lot of our words, maybe less tough, less driven, things that are taking place. And I always respond kindly to all these nice folks. And I know that you're very worried and concerned about your children or relatives or friends that are in the service and the way things that are changing and things that most people, most most Americans would look at and say, not changing for the better in the military. You know, there's there's a way of looking at greatness in this world, and greatness is blind to things like sexual preference, gender, or skin color. An example of this, the other night I was flipping through channels, and I don't really watch PBS, but every now and then they have a concert on PBS or music, and I stop and I go, oh, hey, this is pretty good. And it was the composer John Williams, who's done all of the theme songs for Star Wars, E.T., all these great movies. And he had a complete symphony in front of him, and he was playing all of his movie themes. And there, it was terrific. I mean, this symphony was just out of control great. I mean, this was spectacular entertainment. There was the great John Williams conducting all of it. With, and I don't know which symphony or philharmonic it was. I, I don't know. I assume it was Los Angeles because that's where he lives and works and does all this great stuff for the movies. And we were kind of enthralled by it. And we watched for about seven or eight or nine minutes. And I said, wow, is this old? Is this new? What year was this? It didn't look very woke. It didn't look very politically correct. But it was as perfect and good as it could possibly be. And I'm telling you, there must have been, I don't know how many people are in a symphony. There must have been 150. There might have been more than that on stage. And I saw maybe four or five Asian uh, people, Asian Americans, Asians, Asian looks. And everybody else was white. I mean, it was just the whitest thing you've ever seen. You couldn't not notice that this was the whitest thing you've ever seen. There was no wokeness to this. There was no attempt to have diversity in this concerto, but it was brilliant. And I thought, well, the talent pool, I would think for transgender or there was plenty of women. That wasn't an issue. There were plenty of women in the symphony, but it was just really white. I don't, you can't really say what the religion was, but the skin color was, it was for this day and age, pretty stunning to look at. And I thought, well, it's John Williams. He found the best of everyone in this symphony to put in there. And I'm, I'm not trying to be in any way, you know, denigrate anything or make any giant generalizations, but I'm guessing the talent pool of Hispanic or black artists in a philharmonic or symphony is not all that great. And so there it was, the great John Williams in front of the symphony conducting it, and it was very, very white. And I made the comment to Jessica, I said, this looks like sports to me. We don't question why the overwhelming majority of players in the NBA are black. Nobody brings that up or questions that. Nobody really questions it in sport, period. We know what sports is about. Sports is about playing the best player. doesn't matter your sexual preference, your, your gender, your skin color, your religion. They don't care. They want the best players. John Williams, one of the best performers in his orchestra, and he had it. And so we see things across the spectrum like this. And now we watch other countries around the world say, we don't really care about being woke. We don't care about checking a box. We don't care about skin color. We care about being the best at what we are doing. 
China's probably the best example of this. Russia's not far behind. They're not bogged down in checking boxes and doing. They try to put the right people in the right place and do the right thing. Does that mean they're better than America? No. Does it mean in a number of years they could be better than America? Yes, it does. And it's frightening. And I hear from many of you in regards to our military and what we're doing in the military. And there are a couple of stories out this week that really have me bothered with the U.S. military. Some of these things for us are not tangible. We can't see all the pilots in the planes. We don't know. We don't have a list. We don't have a roster. Okay, There's no roster of you know who the generals are or who's getting the promotions or how all this stuff is happening. But occasionally, there are stories out that really bother you. And you go, wow, this is not the right way. And a couple of these can only be explained as things that would happen under Joe Biden. They just would not be things that would be happening under a Republican president. I'm sorry, they wouldn't. Two of these stories happened this week. One is the Department of Defense now announcing that service personnel cannot participate in flag ceremonies. Now, I don't believe this involves color guard. If you want to hire a military color guard to come to, let's say, Arrowhead Stadium for the national anthem, I think you'll be able to do that. When they stretch that giant flag across the field that we love, that giant flag that comes across the field, Military personnel cannot be involved in holding that flag. They cannot be involved in taking that flag down, bundling it up, and and walking it out of the stadium. They can only be involved in proper flag ceremonies by the rule. It can't touch the ground. It has to be folded properly. You have to follow all the rules of the flag. And military personnel cannot. This is simply the Biden administration, the Department of Defense, saying we don't want to see military people who really the personnel want to be part of this. You know, this takes, what, hundreds of people to hold this giant flag at Arrowhead. Some of them are kids. Some of them are youth football teams. It's a mix of people that are across the spectrum. And you can be involved in the flag ceremony and hold this giant flag at Arrowhead Stadium. But some of them are retired veterans or active service personnel. And now the military is saying, you can't take part in this. When you have the fly-in, the paratroopers coming into the stadium, A lot of times, one of the paratroopers off of his heels or off of his body will have flying on a long rope an American flag, and it's glorious, and it's beautiful to watch flying into the stadium. But when they land, that flag hits the ground. So now the Department of Defense is saying no more flying in with the American flag. You cannot display the American flag at a sporting event or a public event and bring it in. It is simply not allowed. And this is not allowed because of flag rules. Let's be honest, the liberals, the woke people, the Democrats in the military or in our federal government running the operation do not care about flag rules. They're in favor of flag burning, for God's sake. They don't care about whether the flag touches the ground or if you fold it properly. They really don't. They have found a way to take the flag out of sporting events. They've found a way to take the flag and the military out of the public eye. This is desensitizing American citizens to not be patriotic. They don't like patriotism. They don't like USA chants. They don't like any of it. They know that the people doing that are Republicans and they want it to go away. They don't want to see these flags. For many years, my Twitter picture on my Twitter homepage was the American flag strewn across Arrowhead Stadium. It is still currently Patrick Mahomes' photo. He's had it up there for years. Old glory across the field at Arrowhead. And now your federal government under Joe Biden is saying that military personnel cannot participate in that. The only thing they can participate in is an official 
military event, sanctioned, paid for, whatever, where they properly use the flag in whatever way that may be. And I think, look, don't limit this to just football games or fly-ins, paratroopers coming in. There's going to be all kinds of applications to this. And I think service members will take note, even retired military personnel will take note and say, well, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Maybe we shouldn't be doing it. This is astounding to me that this is the kind of things that our government is worried about or that our military and Department of Defense is worried about. If this is what we're worried about, we really long-term have no chance against China and Russia. We don't. We, we've got no chance. We're already, compared to China, we don't have enough citizens. We don't have enough people. We're a small country. We're, much, we're what, one-fifth, one-fourth, one-fifth the size of China when it comes to population? So think about fighting that war. That becomes entirely problematic just based on the number of people that you have. It's a sad day in America when this is what they sit around and we pay them money. Our government is bloated. Our Department of Defense is bloated if there are people sitting around in boardrooms deciding, hey, we can't do flyovers at football games. We don't want paratroopers going in there with the American flag. Oh, we can, we can stop this by saying we don't want the flag to touch the ground. It's against the flag rules for the flag to touch the ground when the paratrooper lands. The paratrooper has to catch the flag, fold it properly before it touches the ground, or you can't do this. Well, that's impossible. So this is over. No more flying the American flag into the stadium. They'll go hire private teams that will come in with sponsor logos on it. A giant Red Bull logo will go flying into the stadium or something. It's embarrassing that this is what they do. But these are the same people that in November decided they were going to have a 15-member flyover from the United States Navy for the Super Bowl, that the roof indeed would be open if the weather permitted at the Super Bowl in Phoenix, and they selected 15 members to be part of the Navy flyover. 15 members included three women. This was 20% of the pilots and crew when only 7% of the flight crews are female. This was overrepresentation. It was fine. Nobody was arguing. They took the 15 members and they made digital trading cards. They put out press releases. Their families were proud. They were excited. This was in November and then December and then January. Three months go by. They're all excited. They practice. They have meetings with the NFL. They discuss lodging. They figure out where they're going to be at the game. All of these things are going to happen for these 15 crew members. It's the opportunity of a lifetime for these Flyboys is what Jessica calls them, but there are obviously fly women. There's three of, three of them as well. For them, other than fighting in combat, whatever, there's just no better honor than to fly in formation over the Super Bowl. Fifteen members. A few days before the Super Bowl, after three months of planning, digital trading cards processed, and everything that went into sending press releases and letters to their family, and all the accommodations and all these different things that they were getting for being part of this, 12 men, the 12 men on the crew, the 12 men, 12 men, three women, 15, the 12 men days before the Super Bowl, after three months of hype, hoopla, pride, family pride, were booted. They were all booted. And the Navy decided to go with a 15-member crew of all females, celebrating 15 year, 50 years of women flying for the military. All 12 men were booted within days of the Super Bowl. 
Then they brought in 12 women who'd not been through the three months of preparation, didn't have digital trading cards out there that people could get and see and honor these people. They did an about face and went with a 15-member female flyover crew and celebrated 50 years of women flying. Now, again, I'm okay with saying in November, we got 50 years of women flying, we're going to do an all-female crew. I don't think it's right, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I think you find the 15 most deserving people and let them do it. And you do this by merit, which is what John Williams Symphony did, which is what the NBA does, which is what all sports teams do with their personnel on the field. They play the best players, regardless of race, religion, sexual identity, or gender, for that matter. If a woman was the best place kicker, she'd be kicking for the Chiefs. If there's a woman out there better than Harrison Butker, she'd be kicking. So to me, this would have been based on merit, the 15 people. And it appeared that that's what it was. When you have 12 men and three women, you don't question it. You say, well, they did their due diligence. They picked the right people. This is a good crew, whatever. But then days before the Super Bowl, when you ax 12 men, it really doesn't become to me about the 15 women. It becomes, what did you do with 12 men? And what message did you send through the entire Navy? Or for that matter, the entire Department of Defense? Is the message... Men not appreciated, men not wanted. I'm talking all the way down to, to the, the, the kids of the Naval Academy in school. See this. If you're a young white man in the Naval Academy and your dream is to be a, an admiral in the Navy someday and you see this, what's the first thing you think about the organization you're going to work for? I know what my thought would be. Wow what did I do and how hard is this going to be? This is atrocious, folks. I mean, this is absolutely atrocious. This is stuff our military thinks about. And I don't. I bring it up not because this is about winning or losing a war. These things themselves are nothing but liberal politics. It's showing the American people we're sensitive to this. We're aware of this. But one can easily deduce from all this, if we're worried about this, how good are we on the front lines? Who are we promoting? Are we promoting in the military the same kind of people the Biden administration is putting in place in the, this is not arguable. You, you won't even find Democrats argue this. This is the worst presidential cabinet of all time. Now, it is not a requirement that your cabinet has to be great. You would like to think that it would help and it would be a good thing. There are three or four cabinet positions that you need somebody really good and really competent. You don't need great cabinet members in every position. They just decided to check boxes right and left with this cabinet. And the crazy part was they really didn't get a whole lot of firsts. You know, the idea of checking the boxes to get a first and make a statement. No, they wanted what the Biden administration went for was the combined percentage of what? Disenfranchised people. What's, what's the underserved, people from an underserved community? They used to say disenfranchised. Now people that are underserved communities, whatever that is. And so they went for a high percentage of that. And we've seen what a disaster that is. That is not hiring based on merit. How can we see sports teams? How can we watch a symphony? How can we see all these different pursuits in the world where you hire the best people because you have to or you go out of business? Yet we allow our federal government at the very highest level, the executive branch, president of the United States and his cabinet, not hire based on merit. 
What an example we are setting for the rest of the country. And then we flaunt it in the military with things like this. Service personnel can't participate in anything doing with the flag. (laughs) Ridiculous. Days before the Super Bowl, we broke up the crew. We fired 12 men from the Navy flight crew for the flyover and added 13 and added 12 women at the last moment and changed it up so we could say we had an all-women crew for 50 years of women flying. It's an absolute shame. But we're talking about a president here in Joe Biden who said yesterday at a speech for Black History Month, quote, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. And in doing so, he proved that he is a white boy and he is stupid. Self-hatred for white Democrats is very important. It is a very important identity for them that they believe that they are not worthy of their life. The people on the far left in this country that are white, the hard left that is white, walks around every day believing they're a bad person. You wake up every morning thinking you did something wrong. Your ancestors did something wrong. I'm the problem, and I need to go out in the world today and fix it and prove to everyone that I'm better than being the problem. And Joe Biden echoes that when he says, I may be a white boy in front of an all-black audience. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Now, is that a way a president should talk? In front of a black audience, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. And then he went on to talk about power and how government works. And he essentially sat in front of these black people in Black History Month saying, I'm a white boy, but I ain't stupid. I understand how this power works, and I've got it. Look at me. I'm the man. It was atrocious. It was him trying to say, I am a liberal. I recognize that my whiteness is really bad. And it's not, it, it, it was an attempt at self-deprecating humor, but it's not, in, in all humor is based fact and reality, and that's what this was. This was a big part of the Democrat Party. If you're white and you're a Democrat and you're a committed liberal and you're white, a big part of who and what you are is you don't like yourself. We see this in culture. We see this in young white Americans that want to aspire to be part of a black musical or entertainment culture. That's it. There, There is little question, none, zero. Nobody would argue that black Americans have control over music and culture in, over young Americans in America, period, end of statement. Regardless whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter. They influence all young people with their entertainment. It is, it is the most popular part. And young white liberals aspire to what? They aspire to blackness. They want to be part of that culture and say, I'm not the bad white person you think I am. It's sick. It's sad. There really are no people on earth like American liberals. Most people in most countries are extremely proud of their country. They love living there. They love their heritage. They love their history. They love their family traditions. They embrace all of that, but not American liberals. They hate it all. They hate themselves. They hate their family. They hate their country. They hate their history. They hate all of these things, and they want it to go away. And I don't know other examples in other countries of that. I know examples of people, for example, Cubans love Cuba. They don't love their government. Venezuelans love Venezuela, but they hate their government and their leader, and they want out, and they want to come to America. I'm not saying there aren't people that are oppressed that want out of where they are. Even the people at the very, very bottom of the food chain in China, I'm not talking about the Uyghurs. I'm not talking about the, the, you know, 
people that are not actually Chinese. The lowest of the low Chinese people love China. They may not like their communist government at times, but they love China. Citizens of Russia, well, Putin's way more popular than Biden. Putin's popularity has gone through the roof with this war. He's doing well. Their economy is, is bolstered. I mean, apparently they're okay with a whole bunch of their young men dying. Got a bunch of Russian kids dying right and left. That's collateral damage. Putin's popularity has gone up. But people that live in Russia love Mother Russia. People who live in Ukraine are confused. They don't know whether they love Ukraine or Russia. They don't know which they're part of. But as they're seeing, as, as Zelensky is running around, you know, tearing down Russian Orthodox churches in Ukraine, there's a whole bunch of Russians going, wait a second, this ain't our guy. He's tearing down our churches here in Ukraine. This place isn't free. So it's a very complicated issue. But what you find almost anywhere in the world is that people that live in their country love their country. They love their history. They love their traditions, even though there's a lot of bad. Germans love Germany. That doesn't mean they love Hitler. That doesn't mean they're a Nazi. They love their history. They love their traditions. They love Oktoberfest. They love all things German. They remain who they are. That does not mean they embrace Hitler. We seem to be the only place on earth that can't separate that. And it happens with white American liberals. And now they're doing it in the military. Bothers me greatly. Okay, we got a new feature going on at the KK list. This is fun. I met with my buddy Chris over at B-Stock last week. And he says, you know what we do every week? We start an auction at a ridiculously low price. At like $19.99, we'll put a laptop computer on there. We do a one-week auction on an item, and the prices don't get very high. To be honest, we got to get rid of this stuff, and so we do a red tag auction. So at the KK list, we put up a little icon that says red tag auction. That's all it is, red tag auction. And if you go to the bottom of that thing that says, you'll, you'll see all the sponsors at thekklist.com. And if you click on red tag auction, uh, what you'll see right now is a Dell Latitude 5420 computer. This is an expensive computer. This is a really nice laptop. Every week on KKHI, we're going to do a red tag auction of a different item. It could be a TV. It could be a computer. It could be whatever. It's going to start at a stupid low price on Monday, and they're going to keep it open through the weekend. Right now, this insanely great Dell Latitude 5420 computer is selling for $176. It is the red tag auction at thekklist.com. Go to thekklist.com. Use it as a resource every single day to do business with conservative businesses people that you can trust, people that Jessica and I have personally vetted. We know them all. We do business with all of them. We are proud to have them on the KK list, and you can be proud to do business with all of them. We've done all the vetting for you. And Chris is a big fan over B-Stock of the KK list. He says, I got an idea. We can drive more traffic to the KK list if you put my red tag auction on there. I said, okay, I'll put your red tag auction on there. So every week, B-Stock is going to have a different item. Some of these items will start at nine ninety nine. Obviously, the more people that go there, the higher the winning bid, which I guess is great for Chris, but mostly he just wants to get rid of this stuff. The things that he puts on there, he has too many of. So he has too many Dell Latitude 5420s right now. So he puts one on his red tag auction. There it is, 176 bucks. Go bid on it. You need a new computer? This is a really nice item. I don't know what the retail is on it, I, you, but that's easy for you to Google and look up. What the retail value is of a Dell Latitude 5420, the complete description is there. It's brand new, under warranty, the whole deal. And it's currently going for 176 bucks. That's at thekklist.com. Don't fall asleep on the KK list. 
Everything is right there. We put them there as a great resource for you to know who the sponsors of the podcast are. So if you're thinking, you know, I remember them talking about a, uh, which orthodontist is it again that, you know, where you go? And it's right there. Fry Orthodontics is right there. It's right there at the KK list. It's very easy. All of our sponsors of the podcast are on the top part. They have bigger logos and bigger. Then we have what is just the list down below, which is people that are not advertising on the podcast, but they're part of the list. You can even have your business be a part of the list. If you're a realtor or a mortgage broker or anybody in services, insurance, whatever, you can get on the list and people can go see you. If you listen to this podcast, want to be part of the list, go to the kklist.com and click on join the list and fill out the form and you can join the list. It's really simple stuff. The kklist.com. Well, I might as well mention Fry Orthodontics while I'm at it. Great sponsor of the podcast. They've been with us since very close to the very beginning. We appreciate Dr. Jeremy and all that he does. My niece is beginning treatment this week in Lee's Summit at Fry Orthodontics. It is very close to her house. You can't have 13 locations in the Kansas City area now in Lawrence and not have a Fry Orthodontics close to your house. That's great. But they also do many of the appointments now by video. They do video appointments as well. Sometimes you got to go in and get adjusted and do whatever, but a lot of the checkups and appointments now can be via video, which makes it even easier, even though Fry Orthodontics is close to you. These folks are awesome, man. Check them out. 13 locations, Smile for Life, Invisalign, or Braces. Same price, fryorthodontics.com. And Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC in Excelsior Springs. $100 rebate on a set of four tires. I'm about six months away. Tim, if you're listening, Mike, if you're listening, I'm about six months away. Going to need some new boots on my Chevy Blazer that I got at Roberts Robinson. They're the home of the lifetime warranty. That gives me peace of mind. It's the same for you. If you'd like to build out your brand new GM, whether it's Chevrolet, Buick, or GMC, Roberts Robinson would love to work with you. They do have the lifetime warranty. It's absolutely free, included in every new vehicle at robertsrobinson.com. There's been a lot of feedback after we've gotten this energy department report that they agree COVID was from a lab in Wuhan, which I thought from day one. Pretty sure you thought that from day one. Polling in America says most Americans thought that from day one. Then it became ugly when we found out the United States was involved in that lab and we were helping with funding in that lab. And we may have actually had pretty good reasons, you know, whether it was intelligence or whatever. It's possible there were good reasons that we were trying to spy on China or know something about, but I doubt it. Mostly, I believe what it was, was Wuhan allows gain-of-function research, and we don't. So you can't do this in America, but we can fund it in other places and be part of it. And that's what Fauci was doing. And when the virus got out, the reason gain-of-function research in America is illegal is because it can be deadly. It's because COVID can happen. And you don't, the idea of sitting in a lab, we, again, we've had COVIDs forever, right? It's important to remember that COVID's been around forever. This new virus in 19 was a novel coronavirus. We've had coronaviruses forever. What they were doing in the lab was taking coronaviruses and trying to make them more lethal. Why? So pharmaceutical companies can make better vaccines? That's the goal? I don't understand it. If nature... I'm willing to roll the dice that nature is not going to bring something deadly my way. I am not willing to roll the dice that the Chinese government isn't going to bring something my way to kill me. I'm just not. I don't trust other countries. We shouldn't have been involved in gain-of-function research. But 
pretty early on, about a year into COVID. This is two years ago. Comedian John Stewart was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And he all but got canceled by the left because Stewart was a committed leftist, a Democrat, a liberal. And he went on The Late Show and made a joke. And he said, well, Stephen, they were talking about COVID. And he said, well, Stephen, uh, they call this the Wuhan da, 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 coronavirus. And they've got a lab there called the Wuhan Institute of Coronavirus Research. It's the, the virus and the lab have the same name. It's pretty obvious where it came from. And he, st- and he was not interrupted. They weren't having a discussion. He went on with the joke. He goes, in other news, chocolate illnesses have broken out in Hershey, Pennsylvania. But we think it was caused by a monkey or a banana that, you know, he was making jokes about if a chocolate outbreak happens in Hershey, Pennsylvania, it probably came from the Hershey chocolate plant. Point well taken. This was a long time ago, folks. This was almost two years ago. John Stewart was all but canceled by the left. They hated him. They couldn't believe he said it. He is now responding saying, listen, it was painful. People thought I was an Asian hater and supporting the alt-right, whatever the alt-right is. They nicknamed something the alt-right. And it was terrible for me. This was awful. It's been a terrible experience. They said, you feel vindicated? He goes, no, it's never been about vindication. My comedy bit was about, we don't factually know exactly where this came from. Let's be open to discussion and find out where it came from. Let's not say we know when we don't know. He obviously thought it came from the lab, Most people on the left said it came from bat soup in a wet market, which makes no sense. Bats aren't fish. Wet markets are fish. Bats are mammals. None of it made any sense from day one, the wet market theory. But the lab theory made all kinds of sense. Jon Stewart knew that. He was not just rolling over to the powers that be on the left and saying, I believe, look, it's good to question things. The left used to be the best at this. They used to question everything. Now they only question things on the right. They don't question anything else. They only question Republicans. They'll question Trump all day long. Can you imagine right now what the media coverage would be with record inflation, record border crossings, record crime, a a voluntary war in Ukraine? I mean, Trump was being impeached for a phone call to Ukraine. What would the left be doing if Trump went into Ukraine and started giving them weapons? Oh, this is dirty crime. He's, he's making money off this. This is criminal. He's, he's made all these phone calls and he's done all these things. That's all this is about is personally enriching Donald Trump. Can you imagine if everything in America was exactly like it is today? And the only difference was Trump was doing all these things instead of Biden. Can you imagine the reaction on the left? From all the bad news, all the terrible things that are going on, stock market is down. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. We have a recession. We have inflation. We have all these things. Can you imagine right now if Trump was president? Remember that. And it probably doesn't even have to be Trump. Remember, they hated Romney. They hated McCain. They attack, attack, attack. It was just brutal. And now Jon Stewart is saying, look, I don't want vindication I didn't know for sure at the time that I was making the joke. It was from the lab. He said, I thought it came from the lab, but I didn't know. I was doing a comedy bit to open up the premise to everyone in America that would pay attention. Can we have a discussion? Can we not just slam the door on this and say it came from bat soup when we don't have any evidence whatsoever that it came from a wet market? That's all I was trying to prove with the joke. And Stephen Colbert got in his face on this. I mean, Stephen Colbert was not happy with Jon Stewart. Nobody on the left was. 
And all John Stewart is, is saying, and I think he's a reasonable man. And I think some liberals get this way as they get older, they become reasonable and say, look, let's not just be so locked down on ideology that we stop asking questions. Be skeptical, ask questions. And I think that's what John Stewart is saying. Donald Trump put a video out on Monday on Truth Social. It's about five minutes long. He has said, if you elect me president, I will cut off all essential items imported from China. We will have a four-year phase-out plan. We will drop most favored nation status with China. This will include mostly what we're talking about here is pharmaceuticals and computer chips. There will, no, there will not be electronic chips, software, or pharmaceuticals coming in from China. That's over. That's over. You elect me as president, it's over. We will four-year phase out and drop most favored nation status and not have this. It will also include things like steel, other things that we used to be really good at that we can now get cheaper from China. He's cutting all that off. He said it will boost America. A price of a few things may go up, but we have to do this for national security. We can no longer allow China to be having the influence over our country and what happens here the way they are. And I agree with Trump 1 million percent on this. When you hear the headline, Trump wants to cut off all essential items from China, it sounds scary. When we think about essential items, whoa, wait, we're cutting off essential items? What he's saying is over four years, we will take care of all of these items. Whatever these items may be, we will have all of them at our own disposal. We will either do them ourselves or bring them in from friendlier countries. And I think this is a great idea. Terrific idea. Good to see Trump putting policy out there. I don't know how many people pay attention to that. It's probably only people on the right, but at least it's out there and it's out there early. And my goodness, the things he said about COVID early were spot on. He was sitting there in March of 2020 saying it was from Wuhan. He called it the China virus. They hated him for it. Xenophobe, racist. He's like the Wuhan lab. It's the Wuhan virus. He thought from day one it came from the lab. So he and Fauci didn't agree on that. that if he made a mistake... When he thought it came from the lab and Fauci didn't, and Trump still had several months left as president, he should have fired Fauci. He should have fired Fauci and brought somebody in that thought, this is the Chinese doing this to us. The Chinese screwed up. We are investing in this thing. This is all bad. He could have fired Fauci and brought in his own guy. If Trump made one mistake, that was it. It would have made Trump look really bad, and the American people would have really thought, wow, this guy's off his rocker, and it was an election year. If it was his second term, he would have done it. No doubt. COVID would have been completely different if it happened 12 months later. If it happened 12 months later, Trump's president, and everything would have been different. And maybe that's why China released it. I mean, if you're asking me, I think they did it on purpose. Because they don't mind killing people. They don't care. I think they did release it on purpose. Knowing they could hurt Trump and hurt America. And it's worked. Look what China's been able to do under Biden. Look at the progress they've made versus the United States with Biden as president. They floated a freaking spy balloon over our country for eight days, for God's sake. Mm -mm -mm. Hey, if you've been injured in a car accident or know somebody who has, I've got a great recommendation for you, and that is to call Doug Horn at Horn Law. Doug Horn's been doing this for 32 years. He's based in Independence, Missouri, also does cases in Kansas. And he would love to speak with you. If you don't know where to turn, first of all, he's your advocate. Okay? You've been in an accident. You don't know where to turn. If you don't understand how it works, you're trying to get insurance money out of the other driver or something like that, and it's 
kind of at a standstill or you didn't notify, I mean, whatever. There's a process and a procedure, no matter how small or how big, Doug Horn is a pro, right? This is not a guy that pounds his chest and says, look at me, I'm the greatest. What I can tell you is he is professional, he is really smart, he's dedicated, and he works really hard. And he is a great American patriot, and he knows this industry inside and out. He will get you your car fixed, your medical bills paid, long-term care. If you've had a concussion, for example, you don't know what may happen down the road. He'll help you take care of all of that now. It's a pretty simple deal. You can call Doug and personally speak with him about you or your family member that's been in a car wreck. 816-795-7500. Online at hornlaw.com. They've got a complete team of experts that have been with him for decades. These are the pros, folks. 816-795-7500. Especially in getting proper medical evaluation if you've been injured. 816-795-7500 for Doug Horn and the Horn Law Firm. Back Nine Development, a developer in Kansas City, also developed in Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan, TJ Vilkanskis would love to work with you. Whether it's the possibility of a custom home or any type of structure like that, or if you're involved in commercial properties, he'd love to partner with you and your investors in the dream that you have. This is the way to execute it. Maybe you're looking at some land downtown where the Royals are going to be building you're thinking, hey, we could do something down here. You might want to meet with TJ before we find out where that land is. Great time to meet with him about developing something downtown around the ballpark. Call TJ, 785-236-0161. TJ can make it happen for you and your investors. 785-236-0161. It is back9development.com. That's back9development.com. And, of course, my buddy Ron Buck over at Buck Roofing and Construction. 24-7, they'll come out for emergencies. Keep the number in your phone. 913-384-2680. It's important, man. Something happens, and you got to get somebody out there fast. Ron Buck is the guy to call. They're online at rbuckroofing.com. 913-384-2680. Anything from small repairs that they don't even charge you for to a brand-new roof. Buck Roofing will be straight and honest, and you can trust that Ron is just like you. He loves the Chiefs. He loves the Royals. He loves America. He's your guy. I'm telling you right now. Ron Buck, 913-384-2680. You will sleep well knowing Buck Roof. Roofing, fix the roof over your head. Brittany Mahomes is in the news again. This is a, she won't go away. She has taken to Twitter and uh, the Joe Rogan podcast had a couple comedians on and they started talking about her strange rants and brother Jackson Mahomes. And Joe Rogan basically was unfamiliar with this. Like he doesn't do the silly TikTok stuff and follow this stuff. Joe Rogan seems to me like he lives in the real world and doesn't care about Brittany Mahomes acting like a fool on social media or Jackson. But he had a couple of comedians on that brought it up and they roasted her pretty good. They basically say, the one comedian will say in this clip that I'm going to play for you, he essentially says, I used to hate him, but now I kind of like him because I like laughing at them. It's entertaining to see how pathetic they are is basically what they're saying. And they go on about this, and then they make a comment about divorce. And anyway, Brittany goes on social media and said, something about grown men talking shit about someone else's wife is really weird. Then she goes on and says, actually, grown-ass men hating on women in general is pathetic and puts a woozy person emoji up there. Because, of course, she did. And before I play it for you, I think this is the important takeaway. 
Like I've had haters for 30 years and I ignore them. I don't read the responses on social media. I don't care. I care about you. I care about the folks that listen and like what we do. I don't care about the haters. I never have cared about the haters. They can bite me as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. If you hate me for something that I say because you disagree with me politically or about your sports team, that is so shallow and pathetic, I don't even know where to start. These are people that don't know me. If they knew me, I feel I trust they would like me and say, well, he's a nice guy. He doesn't hurt anybody. He's a good enough dude. I think most people would say that about me if they knew me. But there's real haters out there that come after you. And you learn, ignore it. The easiest way is just ignore it. Don't read it. Don't hear it. I don't have any of it in my life anymore. I, my kids tell me there's stuff out there. I'm like, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't care. The people that listen, most people, not everybody that comes up to me now says nice things because they like the podcast. They, they've seen me in a different way. Oh, I used to think that you hated my team, but now I know you're a great conservative, so I love you. It's awesome. The haters are gone from my life. This is actually easier than doing all sports where the haters come at you from all different angles. This is great. The haters don't listen to this podcast. They're not going to hit play and listen to me. They're not listening to this. I love that part of this. Brittany Mahomes needs to learn that. The simple solution is this. She can't go on social media and hate everybody else, which she does. She hated on the Bengals and made fun of them. She hated on the media and made fun of them. Jackson Mahomes does the same thing. You can't go on there and go, nanny, nanny, ha, ha, you're a loser. You said we suck. And they'll play in this clip from Joe Rogan. They actually play a video of her. You were all wrong. We won the Super Bowl. Like, woe is me. She's a baby. She's immature. She's pathetic. And so is the brother. It's all sad. It's sick and it's sad and it's distracting and it's stupid. And now it's reached the Joe Rogan podcast where they have had fun at her expense. They didn't really attack her. They had fun at her expense. And now she's screaming that she's getting picked on. This is real simple, Brittany. Stop doing it. If you don't want people to criticize you, stop being a public figure. If you want people to stop saying bad things about you, live a private life. If the worst thing in my life right now is people don't like me or say bad things about me, I would quit the podcast. I would do something else. It would go away really fast. Nobody would care. I'd just disappear. I'd be gone. If you don't like it, if you can't stand it, don't bring it upon yourself. This is on you. It certainly isn't on Joe Rogan. Roll that clip. How about that Mahomes? He's good. No. Sorry. I like you know what I like though? I like I came around on Jackson. Jackson Mahomes. Who's that? The brother? His brother that does TikToks and his wife, his annoying wife that screams. Oh yeah. Everyone hates on them and it actually makes me happy. No, they're fine. His wife, have you ever seen this? I don't watch TikTok. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. Well, second. Jalen was obviously MVP. No, that hurts. Should have been. But unforced fumble was tough. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes has a wife that's just wild. She's up in the box. She's like, films herself. It's her and his brother. His brother does like TikToks. And Patrick's obviously, he's the man. And he's got a crazy wife and a brother up in the box. Like, doing all this <laughs> shit. And his wife's up there like, you thought you were going to beat us? Take again. It's the best. Forcing everyone like birds yeah. to fucking be in a video. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's a lot. She's a lot. Whoa, Jesus. <clears throat> Problem is, they keep that same energy yeah. when you get divorced. <laughs> yeah, they come after you. They come after you with that same energy. <laughs> ah! These kids are going crazy. Who's, like, football fans? Like, who, who gets more fired up than football fans? 
I'd say uh, Proud Boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially when the FBI people are my home's wife rules, <laughs> riling things up. Right. All right, so there it is. Joe Rogan, not too bad, not too tough on it. Comedians just having fun. It's what comedians do. If you're going to be a public figure, you're going to get made fun of at some level. Some people have had fun at the expense and made jokes about Patrick Mahomes' voice, for example. He rolls with it. He's had it his whole life. He gets it. It's part of the deal. Comes with the $500 million, It comes with the celebrity. And it comes with you wanting to be famous. It is sad that so many young people in this country, all they want to be is just desperately want to be as famous. It is so sad to me. Very, very sad to see that. All she's got to do is stop. If she stops, she goes away. It would be, but no, no, we're going to get a Netflix series now so she can be even more famous. I'm sure there'll be critics of that. They're not going to be critical of Patrick. But they might say something about the baby looked ugly or mama looked bad or something. Watch out. If she, at some point, like Paris Hilton now, remember Paris Hilton? I think back Britney Spears even. So many people were so out front and you couldn't get them out of your life and they were ever there. At some point, isn't she going to grow up and just disappear? Isn't there going to be something more important than this, than making videos? My God, it's so sad. Other football news. I like this one. Left tackle Tyler uh, Lewin of the Tennessee Titans is a free agent. He's a pro bowler. He's a really good player. He's about to get paid. He's going to get paid big. And he has said at the beginning of free agency, flat out. I, you know, like I was crushed when Neil Smith went to the Broncos back in the day. He won a Super Bowl ring, right? I was crushed. Neil Smith went to the Broncos. I was crushed. I know the Chiefs were done with him, whatever. You can play wherever you want. We see a lot of that in the division. You know the division. Tyler Lewin said, I can name three teams I'm not playing for and I'm not talking to in free agency. I'll talk to the other 28 teams. No Colts, no Jags, no Texans. I'm not playing in this division. Tennessee has been too good to me. I'm not going against another team in this division against Tennessee. Then he mentioned Cincinnati, and I thought, well, this is interesting. He said Cincinnati needs a left tackle, and he's a good one. I like this idea because if they go throwing a bunch of money at him at left tackle and they're going to have to cough up a bunch of money here real soon, one more year for Joe Burrow, then he gets paid the big money. Josh Allen's the one. Josh Allen is going to eat up $40 million more of the Bills' salary cap this year than last year. Like their window's closed with Josh Allen as a cheap quarterback. The Bengals have one more year, so they go sign this guy at left tackle and spend all this money. Then what happens? Then they spend a pile on Burrow the next year, and then what's left? Go, Bengals. Spend it. Spend it on that left tackle. Every nickel you can find, spend it on Tyler Lewin and sign him in free agency and get saddled with that six-year contract. Do it. I love the guy. I love him coming out and saying, I'm not playing in my division. That is not happening. Uh, the Tennessee's been too good to me. I love this team too much. It may not work out here. And uh, there's always a possibility he could sign back with the Titans. It may not work out here, whatever. But I'm not playing in the division against the Titans. That's pretty cool. That's rare is what that is. Daniel Snyder owns the Washington Commanders. The team is for sale. He's looking for between 6 and $7 billion, B with a B. Jeff Bezos, Amazon's Jeff Bezos, owns the Washington Post, and he is said to be looking at wanting to buy the Commanders. There is one very good reason Jeff Bezos is not buying the Commanders. Daniel Snyder doesn't like his politics. Daniel Snyder's a conservative. The Washington Post has been all over the commanders and forced. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, by the way, and is a committed leftist and was the driving force behind taking the Redskins name away 
and commanders coming in and all of the bad things that have happened with the Redskins commanders organization over the last few years, investigations, whatever. He believes the NFL and Bezos are behind it. I think Dan Snyder wants to sell to a conservative. So now what are we hearing? Dan Snyder doesn't have to sell. He's embroiled in some stuff. He's got some issues. He doesn't have to sell. Sounds to me like you may like Dan Snyder. He's trying to find somebody to pay between six and $7 billion that's conservative. He doesn't want to sell it to a Saudi prince. He doesn't want to sell it to Jeff Bezos. He's looking for the right billionaire. And apparently he's not getting the right bids. So now the word out of D.C. is he's going to keep the team for a while. Shop it around. Just let it be known it's available. But we got a pretty short list of criteria here, and you got to fit into that. Pretty interesting. It sounds like Bezos would pay it. How much money is Daniel Snyder leaving off the table by not talking to Jeff Bezos? If nothing else, he'd help with the bidding, wouldn't he? He want anything to do with Bezos. Nothing. I think that's pretty cool. All right, before we get to college sports, tip of the cap to our friends at Colbert Hills where they have the new Sammy Family Stay and Play Lodges. 15% off this year, anytime. You want to go stay and play at Colbert Hills, save tip 15% uh, at, at colberthills.com with a KKHI discount. That's right. They've got stay and play lodges with 75-inch big screen TVs in the family room. You can watch March Madness in there. You can have a big birthday party, somebody's 50th maybe. Uh, take a group of 12, 16 guys, go to Manhattan, park your cars, enjoy your time at Colbert Hills, play 27 holes the first day, 27 the second day, have a great steak dinner, catered in, the whole deal. It's a great getaway, especially for guys, but couples as well. Couples trip. They stay and play packages. The lodges are right there next to the clubhouse. It's all one place. Remember that discount, 15% at uh, colberthills.com. Easiest way is to email Joni at colberthills.com. That's J-O-N-I, Joni at colberthills.com. And she'll hook your whole trip up. Do it. Stay and play at Colbert Hills. Wonderful stay and play golf vacation. Cross Kitchens KC, online at crosskitchenskc.com. Today, if you're listening to this podcast on the 28th, is the last day for free countertops. If you contact Cross Kitchens KC today by calling 816-898-7047 and schedule your appointment, you could qualify for free countertops in your remodel job. CrossKitchensKC.com. And Finch Knife Co. online at FinchKnifeCo.com. Spencer and Steve are my guys over there. They got the new Hatfield collection available. You can see those at Shields or the Bullet Hole. Check them out online at FinchKnifeCo.com. Order them online and ship them anywhere in the world. We had a guy in the Netherlands buy some pocket knives from Finch Knife Company. doesn't matter where you live. They'll ship right to you. These are the best pocket knives you've ever used. They're also the best-looking pocket knives you've ever seen. Wonderful, gorgeous collections. Collect them all or just buy one and put it in your pocket every day. Finch Knife Co. Keep life from getting dull. We're going to keep life from getting dull in the Big 12 as the tournament looks like it's going to be wild. We're seeing all kinds of strange outcomes here late in the season. Oklahoma's surging, winning some games. Iowa State is fading. West Virginia's playing better. Some of the bottom feeders are kind of picking on the middle here. Oh, but that doesn't affect Kansas now, does it? No, no, no. Kansas on Tuesday night hosts Texas Tech. They're going to win that game. They're going to go to 25-5, and 13-4 in the Big 12, and they will hoist trophies after this game. They will be guaranteed at least a share of the Big 12 by winning. I believe they're easily going to win this thing outright. I think Texas will lose a game this week. I think Kansas will probably beat Texas, but I think Texas loses tomorrow night anyway, and it won't even matter come Saturday. We'll see. 
Tech at KU on senior night at Allen Fieldhouse and amazing story. This will, this will indeed lock up a Big 12 title for Bill Self. I, I've lost track. It's every year. You pick KU no matter what the roster looks like because even in a year like this where he doesn't have demonstrably better talent than everyone else, he's just a better coach. And he figures it out over a long season. I say it all the time. 40-minute games usually are too long for a lesser opponent. And this 18-game season in the Big 12 is too long for lesser opponents. It just is. And Kansas is about to win another Big 12 title. They are going to be the one seed in the Big 12 tournament in all likelihood. They'll be the one seed and play at 2 o'clock on Thursday at T-Mobile Center. Bad news for Kansas State last night as Baylor won. Baylor won at Oklahoma State. Baylor and K-State have the same record or did going into last night. Baylor now has one more win. K-State has Oklahoma tomorrow night. We'll expect Kansas State to win that game. It's in Manhattan. If they do, they'll be tied with Baylor. Now, remember, they've beaten Baylor twice, so they have the tiebreaker. Here's the problem. Saturday, K-State goes to West Virginia, suddenly playing great basketball. Not good basketball. West Virginia's found itself. They're playing great. That's a roadie. K-State's not been good on the road. And Baylor is at home against Iowa State, which can't find its way at all right now. So it looks like, if you're asking me, I'm going to go Kansas 1, Texas 2, Baylor 3, K-State 4, and that means if KU and K-State win Thursday afternoon at T-Mobile Center, they will play Friday evening at 6 o'clock in the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. Missouri's at LSU on Wednesday night as they continue to play teams that aren't very good. And, man, this is a great way. They're not going to get the quad ones here unless, until they get to the SEC tournament. They can get some good wins in the SEC tournament to help their seeding. But I think what Missouri's playing for right now is seeding. Don't lose one of these games. Win these two. Win them out. Go to the tournament, see if you can pick off a couple. I think Missouri could get up and be like a six seed, five or a six seed, if they keep winning. They got to do it. You got to take care of business. You got to beat the bad teams. Because remember, losing to one of these teams is much worse than winning is good. You know, winning these last couple of games hasn't vaulted Missouri up. Most people have them at nine or 10 seed right now. It hasn't vaulted them up that far. But keep beating these bad teams, and it will. You start chipping away because other teams are losing. Then go beat somebody good in the tournament. Win your first game, beat somebody good in the second one. Watch what could happen with your seeding with the NCAA. It's pretty could could be pretty cool for those Missouri Tigers. Missouri and K-State, just no matter what happens going forward, what great basketball seasons for both those schools. Really, this ought to be the happiest fan bases anywhere. KU fans ought to be thrilled. They didn't think they were going to win. I don't know why KU fans don't think they're going to win the Big 12, but they didn't think they were going to win it. They darn sure didn't think they were going to win it when they lost three in a row. They thought, oh, boy, the sky's falling and this team's in trouble. But then this team learned how to play defense. Then this team started getting scoring, not named Jalen Wilson. And what a powerful combination. Having multiple weapons on offense and an improved defense, and KU is KU. Bill Self made KU great again, in season. And probably the Vegas pick now to win it all. Win it all. Amazing. Amazing season. Did fun college basketball season. And the tournament coming to Kansas City next week. Should be fun. We hope you'll tune in here to KKHI to get all the latest on the goings-on with those teams and things that are happening as we look towards March Madness here at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. 
to get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties. Visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 